Heidi. And I'm Stefan. And this is the Ice Cream Parlor Podcast. Yes. You're listening to another episode of the podcast where we watch horror movies and just talk about them. I mean, we get around to talking about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's new with you, Heidi? It's been it's been crazy, right? It's been crazy. <laughs> Nothing new yet. Um, just, you know, surviving, which is the reality right now. Yeah. Um, people not wearing masks and things being crazy and... You know, we've had a few people really close to us test positive now, and it's getting really close and, and really scary, and people don't want to wear masks for some reason, and it's well, like... Not everybody, but some Not, people, not everybody, know. but it, it's it's crazy because all these other countries have it under control, and we don't. And why don't we? It's because we're so... I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just because our country is just so fucking big, it's really hard to really get a handle on everything. And there's so many conspiracy theories everywhere all the time. Not that I mind conspiracy theories. Some of those are fucking bomb as shit. But the thing is, I mean, what does it hurt to wear a fucking mask? Um, You're right. And I I mean, the thing is, a lot of people just don't believe what they hear on TV sometimes. And And some people believe the bullshit that's on TV. Right, absolutely. So It's just been one thing after another after another. So, you know, COVID, obviously, then there was uh, the protests and the riots and everything. And and then it would look like things might be going back. Then it's not, you know, places start opening up. Then all of a sudden they're closing down again. And you got places like Florida that are just bonkers, you know, so. But that's uh, just all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, so, I'm really glad that the kids are going, my kids are going to be going to school remotely throughout the, like starting in the fall again. So I'm actually really excited about that. Um, I made a huge impactful decision. I'm not going back into the workforce as like back into corporate. I'm stepping out of that world. And it is kind of was heartbreaking because I've worked so hard to get ahead there. Right. Um, so I, I stepped back from corporate. I'm doing a lot of um, consulting right now and I'm doing working from home 100%. But I did that this summer for the kids for summer school and they both got straight A's and I'm like, it's the way I got to do it. It's not just for me. It's for the betterment of my children. So I'm really glad that they have that option. So you're your own boss now. That's what I I am my (laughs) own boss now. It feels really good. And I hope I give myself a raise. Yeah, that'd be nice. (laughs) Uh, You have exciting news. Yes, I have exciting news. Um, My band's album is finally out and available. Uh, It's DTI. Wherever you download music. Wherever you download your music, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. All these places we haven't heard of. And all these other places (laughs) we haven't heard of. Yeah, it's all available there now. Go check it out. Uh, the band name is DTI. The album's called Defy the Ignorant. And uh, one of the first singles we put out is a song called Dangerous Environment, which I'm still working on some video that I'm going to release soon uh, for all of this. But I'm happy to say that the album's finally seen the light of day and it's available for the public. So go check it out. And not for nothing. It's a badass album. Like I wouldn't plug his shit if it wasn't good i mean it probably would but i yeah. wouldn't be so excited about it <laughs> yeah you um, would you, you're just like, a supportive I person i so. love <laughs> dangerous environment and another single off there is mosquitoes and they're all super relevant and we talked about this in the last podcast they're all super relevant now but they also were super relevant back when he wrote them so it, it's just yeah, really well, just it's it's timeless music is what it's i timeless music. It. but it's so good it like puts you in 
like such an empowered position. You're like it, 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 it's fucking killer. Yeah. That said, I have a confession. What's your confession? Please don't hit me. Hit you? <laughs> what do I look like? An abusive uh, person? <laughs> All right. Never hit a so, woman in my life. The children and I love you very much. What? You didn't know that? No. Okay, well, Where, we do. Where is this going? And we worked really, really hard. Um, you worked really, really hard on uh, on your album. And we we're very proud of you. So we have been plotting a little bit uh, today. I don't know if you noticed things were a little bit weird today. Things are weird all the time. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. Close your eyes. What? Close your eyes. What do you mean close my close eyes? Close your fucking eyes, asshole. What are you doing now? Okay, open your eyes. And we made you these. Oh. Okay. You don't sound excited because you don't smell them. Smell they them. They look and smell, smell delicious. No, smell them. Would you put what marijuana in them? Yes. I made you pop brownies. <laughs> They don't... Wait, seriously? Seriously. You're serious, serious? Seriously, I made you pop brownies. Where'd you get the weed from? I stole some from you. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> okay. What the fuck? All right, I guess... Uh, no, this whole thing was... Is that why you made... <laughs> That's why I made dinner... That was um, braised because then we had the wine smell cooking all day. So you couldn't smell the brownies cooking. I mean, I made regular brownies too to kind of, you know, red herring. Yeah. Is that what that's? Okay. Well, bottoms up, down the hatch, whatever. So the kids kind of kept you occupied, not in the kitchen bothering me. Uh, we, I made something in the crock pot that would be very, um, that would smell up the rest of the house in a good way. So that it overpowered the smell of the weed. Um, and that's what I did. Hmm. How much did you put in there? A couple nugs. Okay. Well, that was a nice little surprise. Yeah. Revel uh, podcast revelation. <laughs> I made pot brownies. Um, awesome. Hit me up for the recipe. <laughs> How was it? Did it taste good? Yeah, they taste they taste delicious. Okay. Yeah. I put extra vanilla to cover up the weed taste because i i don't like weed i mean it's just not my thing um but i also don't like the taste of any i mean they're not they're completely for you i had no idea that's why i have two batches right gotcha i just thought you were making extra brownies <laughs> i don't even cool. like brownies that much <laughs> <laughs> all right well um that was a nice Here's surprise a thank you for the lid thank you for the brownies you're welcome uh, i mean I that's didn't... all we could probably do for you right now because we can't go out and celebrate and i know that you normally would go out and celebrate get shit faced but yeah that and at least play a show which is one, <laughs> something so, that we can't congratulatory really do pop brownies all right thank you appreciate it you're welcome. uh yeah that was nice that was a nice little surprise yeah, you thought it was going to be something bad. I had no idea what you were planning right there. I Don't had no idea. Don't tell his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah. So, congratulations. Thank we're you. very proud of you. You worked really hard. The album is amazing. Yeah. You can go check out the actual website, which is dti.band. Uh, www.dti.band. B-A-N-D. And we'll put that in the show notes. And I made his website. Yep. 
Uh, it's pretty badass. It's killer. We're going to have hopefully some merch coming soon. Um, trying to work on T-shirts and maybe some masks and, I don't know, hats and other things like that. We'll, we'll get some cool stuff printed up eventually. That said, yeah. we're also going to have some um, Ice Cream Parlor podcast masks already for coming up soon um yeah. but anyway yeah exciting stuff coming and and so proud of you you put so much of your heart into that album yeah. i'm so glad that it's out uh, me too trust me <laughs> <laughs> i'm happier than everybody i think well me and the team behind it we're all very happy to finally have it out there and you know it is what it is art is subjective some people may like it some people may not well, it seems really I, well you know, received yeah I, I hope so it's it's a, it's my take on a lot of issues and things that are going on in the world now um, and have been going on in the world for quite some time. Um, and it's overall just, in my opinion, intense, um, fun music, you know? Yeah. It gets your blood pumping. It's good stuff, stuff to get amped up to, maybe work out to, maybe, I don't know, just let off some steam, hit the punching bag, whatever you want to do. Uh, that's that's what I see. I mean, that's the type of album it is, and that's what we made. And it, it came out sounding pretty damn good. Yeah. I would say so anyways. It's pretty good. So cool. Yeah, like um, now, with that being said, uh, let's talk about some horror shit. Did you um, taste any weed in that? Like any of the flour in it? Um, I mean, I don't know. No, there was like maybe something that felt slightly chunky that wasn't a nut. Maybe that's what it was, but I don't know. I mean... Well, because I was looking for the the grinder grinder thing, I couldn't find it. Yeah. So what'd you do? Chop it up with scissors? Yeah. Oh well. So now I have cool. sticky scissors. You know, the first time I well, not maybe the first time I ate my own pop brownies, but somewhere where I was, it was very new. It was years ago. I was living in Florida, um, and it was I didn't actually make the brownies. I had the weed, and I supp I supplied the weed, but um, my cousin's roommate was the one who made the brownies and we actually put quite a lot in there. I want to say it was like, oh, I don't know, half an ounce or more or whatever. And this is just like a tray of brownies. And, you know, they tasted really good and we put so much weed in it, but I also hadn't really experimented a lot with edibles. So I, I ate one and I ate maybe two and then three and four. And I was kind of like, well, these are good, but I don't really feel anything. Plus I smoke so much that I know my tolerance is high. But all of a sudden, a couple hours later, those edibles kicked in so hard and I was like out of it. It was like, I don't know, it's a whole different thing to get really, really high on an edible. And uh, let me tell you, it was uh, in a, kind of a rough experience after that. It was like really heavy and I just had to like try to lay down and ride it out. But uh, yeah, that was that was a, a, a pot brownie experiment gone slightly wrong <laughs> well i only had a couple of nugs because i couldn't steal a lot from you yeah because then you'd notice yeah. that you were missing like a <laughs> yeah. lot of weed <laughs> but um but i did a lot of research and i found a brownie recipe that i liked and then i just incorporated some of the other pot brownie recipes uh gotcha. suggestions and then i did, did you that. so uh, i guess i mean we can we're going to talk about making edibles now but like so one of the whole tricks with it is to do it within the butter is that what you did that's what i did okay all right that's why do you remember i was like do you think you can go to the storage <laughs> that's why you were trying to go get me to go get i was like what you never <laughs> you want me to go down there just to get a chair 
was like, uh, all right. But then, uh, but then, uh, Isabel distracted you with uh, GTA, and you guys were shooting prostitutes. No, I don't think that was happening. What Not were today. you guys doing? I don't know. She was playing the game. She was probably stuck in some mission, but it wasn't like killing prostitutes today. Okay. Well, anyway, they were playing GTA, and so I was like, okay, yes. And so I quickly, like, melted the butter, and then I made my my weed butter. <laughs> interesting. That's very interesting. Cool. I would have never thought, like, I would have thought that, like, had I not done the research, I would have probably been like, okay, and then just sprinkled it in the batter at the end. And yeah, and yeah. I think that would have made it worse. Yeah. I think it would have make it, make it taste bad. I but think, I think those taste pretty good. Yeah, they do taste good. I mean... The whole trick of it with people who don't know is that, yes, you have to try to incorporate it into like the butter or make a uh, some, you know, sort of a oil or butter or something first and then put it in there as opposed to just sprinkling in weed. But I think even if you did that, it still does sort of work somewhat, you know. But anyways, great. That's a lot of brownies there. So I'm definitely not going to eat all those tonight. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> do you remember when I tried an edible case? I don't do anything like whatsoever. Like I have um, last week. I took a child's dose of children's Benadryl and it knocked me on my ass. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't do anything, but um, I did try an edible once with Stefan. And I think I was supposed to have a quarter of it and I ate the whole thing. I don't know. I it remember. Was, it wasn't even, you should have been able to handle that. <laughs> it wasn't even a, a, um, a heavy edible. It was like literally one dose. Like what they legally allow is like 10, uh, 10 uh, grams or whatever it is. Well, so what happened Not 10, was, I don't know, whatever. The point is it wasn't a, a heavy duty edible. What happened was I took it and then I'm like, okay, well, let's go to the laundromat. This was like, I don't know, some long time ago. And so it's a laundromat. And so I'm like, suddenly I just start laughing. And, and Stefan's like, why are you laughing so much? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just laughing. And then I'm like, wait, what do you mean you don't know why I'm laughing? You know why I'm laughing. And then after that, it was like a nightmare. Like I went to the bathroom to try to use it. And there was a, some clothes on the floor. And I was like, I felt like a robot picking up the clothes, putting it down. Put it, yeah, pick, you yeah. went all exorcist and went And like... then I projectile vomited <laughs> all over the bedroom. It was gross. Disgusting. It was I don't the ever The kids were like, what's that? going on? What's happening? And I was like, nothing. And your mom's just I like, didn't think it was going to be like this huge thing where I'm <laughs> I like, didn't send think the so kids either. away. Like, like going, like, what is it? Like ayahuasca. Like you have to like be somewhere else. But for me, it was like, oh shit. Like I can't function. And I called in sick the next day. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. bad. It was yeah. bad. So it, I'm never going to have any of those, but you can have those. All right. Great. Well, appreciate it. Like I said, um, I'm kind of interested to see where this podcast goes today because we're watching, well, we're doing it on a movie. I know we haven't talked about any of this yet, uh, but we're doing it on a movie that's pretty um, gory and intense. And we kind of went from, what was last week's one? To, uh, the ten- Tenebrae? Mm-hmm. Last week, whatever, the last episode. That was Our very. intention is to do it weekly. That, but. <laughs> that was very. Um, cinematic and italian and you know um, so we went from one end of the horror spectrum yeah, to, to the, the other. other we went to kashimi ike we went ichi the killer mm-hmm. yeah and it's deliciously gory but not like you cannot eat while you're watching a miike movie yeah uh, we, we want we like one of like we went to a midnight showing of audition like his movies are ones that leave you kind of 
feeling uneasy did and we itchy. Do, we didn't do audition for, we did do audition, didn't we? No. no not for mm-hmm. one of the episodes. No. Oh, yeah. But we went to like when I would do Secret Movie Club back when things were open. Uh, we did Secret Movie Club, uh, midnight showing of audition. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Well. And, but like Ichi the Killer. Ichi the Killer is a disgusting fucking movie. And when I was doing, like, looking for some kind of stuff about it, I saw that Ichi the Killer was, like, along the same vein as, uh, as, uh, what's the movie you don't let me watch? Serbian film. Yeah. Because it is I, just a fucking disaster. I didn't, uh, this time around, I didn't, oh, stupid ass light. So hold on, we gotta turn it back. Okay, so what I was saying before the light went off was I watched this movie a long time ago, long time ago. My good friend who I went to high school with, um, uh, we call him Kenobi, Kenobi One. I know Kenobi. Yeah, he uh, he and I were, um, we started doing music together way, 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 way back in high school. Um, but anyways, he introduced me to this movie a long time ago, and this is before... I was really hip to a lot of the other ones, such as Old Boy and um, Audition and and a few others. So, anyways, I I watched it back then, and I definitely remember it being like, oh my god, like it kind of was like shocking, you know, because that's what the movie goes for, this whole shock factor. Um, but this time around, I didn't really feel like, first of all, it didn't shock me as much because I knew it was supposed to be a shocker movie. And then I'm kind of desensitized to all that shit now. Sorry. But, um, it, it just also seemed very old school to me for some reason. Like something about it seemed very dated. Well, it's 20 years old now. Yeah. We're but, old. But I know, but some movies that are old don't necessarily feel dated do you see what i'm saying like for whatever reason this maybe it was the costume maybe it was the 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 lighting i don't know what it was something in the movie made me feel like it was very dated and we watched audition recently like you said and i didn't feel the same thing about that movie um at the time but anyways i can understand that um ichi the killer is a 2001 movie and it's based off a manga 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 I don't know. I'm not yeah. in, I'm uh, not hip. But um, it, it's based on one of those series. And it's just a different flow. It's a different artistic style. Yeah. Um, so that you have like those exaggerating like death scenes. Yeah. And, and just kind of like, um, but kind of like in the Tenebrae last episode, they painted the walls with, with blood. blood. Yeah. yeah, it's like this, but, you know, with the corn syrup stuff instead of the red paint. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I saw this movie a long time ago as well. Uh-huh. Um, I saw it before I even met you before I, for a podcast even. I saw it just because I was bored one day and I'm like, well, that looks good. Um, and I had been on this whole um, it's a Japanese movie, right? Yeah, he's Japanese. Yeah, like this Japanese horror films, and I remember I saw it around the same time where I saw this movie. I can't find it anywhere anymore. It's Tokyo Gore Police. Because that movie's fucking awesome. And and then I, I think it was suggested as Ichi the Killer. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, let me watch this. And watching it this time, um, it, it was kind of just like like a warm, hot chocolate. Like it was he's familiar, but it wasn't as strong. You know what I mean? Right. So I totally understand that. And it can just be because we have seen it and we know what to expect. There were some, there were some scenes that I did 
forget about that I then was like, oh shit, <laughs> like the like the scene snipping of the tongue. Yeah, that one was like you can't see now. I um, I sort of and I'm still sort of confused a little bit. I with the ending of the movie, like I just. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to recap that with you on the podcast here because, I mean, I, I kind of got the gist of what's going on. Honestly, I wasn't paying attention as much as I probably should have been. Um, it's just, I, again, I had the album coming out. I had a lot, lot going on in my head. So I tried my best to focus on it. Uh, the thing I paid most attention to was most of the gory parts, which is sort of like that, right. that so- manga, Japanese anime kind of stuff is very over the top in their comic books and that's what they're trying to translate in the movie here. Um, so, right. Yeah. So the thing is the movie. Okay. I think you have to watch Ichi the killer. If you're going to watch it without having to worry about the storyline, um, because the movie storyline is not exactly as thorough or thought out or explained. It, takes you from point A to point B and then to point C. Okay. But you're watching it because of the gross factor. You're watching it because of the gore. You're watching it because of, of what the fuck is going to happen next, but not why things are happening. It's, it's less about, um, what the storyline is because the storyline it's so fragmented. Um, because it's just supposed to get you to the next scene of disgusting delight um and and so once you watch it like that it's you can be super forgiving and just enjoy the movie yeah so a little fun fact um itchy is the way you it's the number one in japanese so you know it's something i was wanted to point out i took japanese karate as a kid and we used to have to count itchy itchy is uh itch is number one what's two ni and what's three son and four chi and five go i think in Espanol. Well, you, you, that's uno. A, it's your uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, <laughs> cinco, seis. So, Give it to me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> now, this movie, um, where it's so, it, there's a lot of, I feel like repressed sexual or it's like a very like S&M-y kind of movie. You know, it's all about pain and well, lo- enjoying it and, and I, you know. So the movie's called Ichi the Killer, but the main character is not Ichi. Right. I feel like we've... That actually really confused me a little bit too, even watching it the second time. Because the guy on the box cover or what you see as the picture, you think is supposed to be Ichi, but it's not. It's Kakahari. Kakihara. Kakihara. Kakihara, Kakihara. which is a really funny name. Like <laughs> the Kakihara picture show, right? Yeah, I got it. I got him to smile. Stupid. I got a point. That was stupid. Uh, I was trying to take a drink in here. Um, okay, well, hold on. I have I have notes. So let's. Why don't we do it this way? All right. So, um, Ichi the Killer is also called Koroshia, and it's from two thousand one. Koroshia one. Koroshia one. Right, yeah. yeah. Koroshia one. So if you go look for it, aside from Netflix, you won't find Ichi the killer. You'll find uh, Koroshia one. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that Which means. Which is probably Koroshia Ichi is how they probably pronounce it in Japanese. Oh, Koroshia Ichi. Yeah. Okay. So, it's directed by Takashi Miike, who we love. Creepy. Yeah, I like, mean, creepy he's... as in gross, like 
to this day, I still think of the audition scene. It's that was his movie too, right? Yeah. 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 Um, With the skewer to the eye. Uh, yeah, for some reason, I felt like that was a Korean movie, but it could be. I mean, obviously, he's Japanese. I don't. I wonder if he ever set his movies in like Korea. I would assume that most Japanese people would keep it Japanese, but we don't really know. Directors are free to do what they do. Uh, I just, for some reason, thought that audition was. Do you remember we went to go see audition at a midnight showing in uh, at the Vista in is it Silver Lake or oh, Los Feliz, and. It was like the middle of the night, naturally, and every now and again, you'd hear somebody's phone drop because people were falling asleep. Oh, right, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's not because it's a boring movie, but it's because it's it's midnight, and it's subtitled, and there's a lot of quiet. Yeah, well, that and, well, that and the fact that we had seen a movie marathon before that, and some of the same people <laughs> were at that movie marathon <laughs> And that was the thing is that we sat through what six, five hours, six hours well, of movies so, first, and then went to that another one. So like before I met <laughs> Stefan, I was super into Secret Movie Club and Cinematic Void events, and that I would just you know they do movie marathons or like three movies at a time or whatever. And then a Secret Movie Club is like you just go and watch an old school movie. So um, fortunately, Stefan seems to dig being able to go eat street corn during intermission, and uh, it's been fun. But we watched like three movies in a row. At, in Hollywood and then have to drive to Los Feliz and uh, to see a midnight showing. That was actually a lot of fun. And there was that one creepy guy. Yeah, it was weird. It was like he wanted to sit right next to you or something like that, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it? Oh, no. I he, forgot what it was. But he was, oh, he was sitting like in front of us or behind us at the first place. And then he, he was at the second place. And then he wanted to be seat went, buddies. He, yeah, he's like. <laughs> It was weird. It was almost like he went and sat right next to some other stranger, too. And I was like, what? Yeah, so he's the kind of person that doesn't doesn't leave a seat in the middle. He sits right next to a a, a stranger. But this wasn't a packed movie theater. It was was lots of open seating. So it's like, um, yeah, you know. Like, like I don't you, know. He probably was pretty cool, and I probably had seen him there before. Like, like I used if you to were at a urinal in a guy's bathroom, and then there was like if two I'm at a stalls. urinal at a guy's bathroom, there's something going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if there's two stalls, no, say if there's three stalls, and you're in one on the right, and then the person takes the one right next to you when there's an empty stall, seems a little excessive. It's like, why don't you just take that one? What's, what's well, up with this one? So, for those of you that don't know, women poop. And when you go to the bathroom, you generally leave an empty stall in between you going to the next one. Yeah, see, that's like some etiquette that I'm not aware of. But that's what I'm talking about is why why pick that one? Why go right next to somebody else who you don't know? I don't know. Whatever. I just wouldn't do that. Yeah. Anyways, right, that's me. So it's stars. And I'm going to read these off because I want to do them some kind of justice. Um, Tadanobu Asano. And that's Kakihara. Yeah, I think this is well. Go ahead, read them if you want to. I, I would now Omori, which is Ichi. <laughs> I would just let everybody do their research. And sh- then why are they watching this? <laughs> and Shinya Sukamoto, and that's Gigi. All right. Well. Okay. And the film is a live-action theatrical adaptation of Hideo Yamamoto's manga, Koroishi. No, Koro manga. What did I say? Mango. Manga. Uh, manga. Koroshiya Ichi. Yeah. What I remember. I had a friend named uh, Autumn Yamamoto when I was in elementary school. And it was 
like the only Japanese name I've ever heard at that point because I went to school in a really, really brown neighborhood. Um, in fact, I was the outcast because I was the only one not Mexican. And and she was, her name was Autumn Yamamoto. And we had a teacher, Miss Webster, um, and she, when they did the census, she was so confused as to why when we filled out our census and school, why Autumn identified as Japanese instead of as black. And I was like, that was the first time I ever experienced anything like, you have to identify as a race, really? Mm. You know, for because growing up as the only non-Mexican in the neighborhood, all I knew is my family is from a different country than everybody else's family who are from different countries. So that was my first instance of, oh, what's this? What's yeah. going on now? Anyway. Okay. Yeah, Yamamoto. you lost me there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the tagline was, love really hurts. Okay. And we'll get so, to that. Well, let's just, all right, where do you want to start with the movie? Because to be honest with you, like, I just, I didn't really get the depth of it. I All I got was all the gory parts, tongue cutting, hanging from fucking hooks. Well, um, so the synopsis, how about that? Sure. Um, Kakihara is a sadomasochist sadomasochistic yakuza enforcer and he's in searching he's searching in vain for his boss anjo who was killed like who's killed but he continues to search for him because he's the only person that's able to inflict the pain that kakihara needs yeah well so first of all he doesn't know he's killed in the beginning he thinks he's only kidnapped he knows but secondly So what does this mean? That the boss and him are having like some sort of love affair? No, that the boss inflicts pain on him, but Kakihara likes it. So he just secretly loves the fact that this guy hurts him? Yes. And That's why later when Karen tries, he's disappointed. Yeah, but so Kakihara would only be getting pain inflicted on him if he's doing a bad job, right? Right. So he does a bunch of bullshit to get his boss mad so his boss will whoop his ass. Which explains his behavior throughout the movie, right? His, I don't give a shit, let me just do what I want. Anyway, um, a little bit of fun facts. This movie is banned was banned in Malaysia and in Germany and in 2009 it was banned in Norway because it is fucking disgusting in many airways, in many different ways. I completely understand Malaysia, (laughs) but Germany... It's like they're just trying to be saints now after all their bad history. They're like, oh, we are good guys. And uh, there's no need to show this uh, bad thing. Hasselhoff. <laughs> I don't Hasselhoff. know what kind of accent that was. But I, um, I was Sorry. trying to do the Germans. But um, as a publicity stunt, they would hand out barf bags in movie theaters. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, I get And that's what I'm saying. They knew they were going for shock value. They knew they wanted to get that that uh, stamp of approval. Um but, you know, Germany, it doesn't seem like it should be banned there. They do a lot of crazy shit, <laughs> literally. Right. So the movie starts like this. Mm-hmm. Break it down. Ichi. Ichi? Ichi. 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 It's probably is- a little bit more ich, and then the last little part of it is a little bit like not, it's not as accented like ich. Does that make sense? Because when we used to count, we used to go ich. It's almost like itch without the E, but that E is kind of just there. So the movie starts like this. <laughs> Ichi. Um, Ichi is riding his bike through town super, super fast. And he ends up on the balcony 
and he is witnessing a, a, a pimp abuse Beat up his up his for uh, the, the the prostitute that he's with, and he not only is physically abusing her, he then when she's bloody black and blue, he starts to rape her, mm-hmm. and Ichi inadvertently kicks a pot in the balcony and the guy gets up to look and he goes to look in the balcony and jizz everywhere. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I was just trying to read up some little tidbits real quick on IMDb. Did you read this one? That it's real cum. Yeah. That's gross. That's real cum. There's jizz like on a plant cause there's plants on the balconies and it's dripping. And I mean, I don't, no. Yeah. Well, the these Japanese people are, you know, I, I love. That's a lot of first calm. Of all, I love everybody. I have no bad blood in my body for any. I can, you know, I, I just hate stupidity. So if you do stupid things, I don't care what race, color or religion or whatever you are. It's about your actions and your stupidity. But the Japanese people, they love some extreme shit. They love some you know like that's the whole thing that they, they they've got you know tentacle porn and they've got they have tentacle porn they've got you know just crazy Wait, stuff so like know? tentacles replacing like penises or are you not aware of this i mean i understand that they have tentacle porn i just have never looked at it yeah what well, is it like is it is it either either all- women who have like tentacles coming out of their vaginas no. Or is it they replaced all penises with tentacles? Kind of, sort of, something like that. It's, it's. I, I'm not a very, very big expert on this at all, but they were. They have all these weird rules. Like Japan, they're not allowed to sh- like in their regular porn. Forget the tentacle shit. They're not allowed to show like, um, you know, the dick going into the pussy, that kind of shit. Like it's all blurred out. But, really? Yeah, but like they'll show the tits and the ass and whatever, but they won't show the penetration. They blur out the bottom half. And why they do that, I don't know. That's some sort of modesty thing that they're trying to do. And the reason why tentacle porn came about is because of that. There's this whole thing. I saw it on a documentary once. Um, the guy who is an artist who drew all this, that was his way of getting around because they couldn't do like, you know, they couldn't show the actual penetration part of it so they created a way a loophole which is these tentacles that are penetrating and therefore that's legal to show but the real shit's not so you know a lot about porn uh, porn yes tentacle porn no <laughs> so did i ever tell you my the first porn i ever saw no. was i was 16 years old and i had already moved out of the house and i was at um 16 a friend of a friend's house it's really late well, I come from a very conservative household. So do I. I think was, the first one I saw was like nine. I come from a dry household. Like <laughs> my parents didn't even have alcohol. Like Same with mine. My parents. Okay, <laughs> but I'm not a pervert pervert. <laughs> That's a lie. I know. But anyway, so I had a lot of catching up to do, which is what explains my swinger days, whatever. Um, here's the thing. I was at a friend's house. And they were watching something. And then I'm like, oh, what's this movie? Can I borrow this one? And they're like, yeah. And they start laughing. I don't remember. And then I went to my other friend's house because that's where I was sleeping at that time. And I'm watching it. And it's like porn. It's like anime porn. And it's like 
cartoon Japanese. porn, yeah. and and it's like that was your first porn. Yeah, and and then when the girls, the girl was like tied up and upside down, and Again. this monster guy comes up, and and I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to feel this way right what now. What does the monster guy do? Fingers her while she's upside down. And then does up. some guy like come and rescue her? I don't remember. Oh, because it almost sounded like you were describing Ninja Scroll, which is a really good Japanese anime. <laughs> Is that what it was? I don't know. Oh, okay. I've never been into anime. I'm like too old to like. I missed like I missed it because um, I've been on my own since I was 16. Yes, but also I had to grow up really quick, you know. And and we didn't have TV growing up. Like we had, we were allowed an hour a week of TV, and then we would just rent movies at the video place, and they didn't have anime. It wasn't blockbuster. It was like. Lee's video rental, I think, is what it was. Lee. Mm-hmm. They probably it's a very it. Asian name right there. It was an Asian family. <laughs> so anyway, they called me Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's interesting. Interesting. My my first porn was uh, it was probably something kind of softcore, like Cinemax type of thing. See, we didn't have cable. Um, well, neither did I. But again, like I was at a friend's house and, you know, really what happened was um, I was it was a sleepover. And, and this is like early 80s or whatever. My when, you know, you used to have I don't know if you know about this or now you should hopefully the spot, scrambler box. Right. You know, remember mm. back then the pictures were all scrambled on other. You, you don't know anything about this. You never had anybody that you've known in your lifetime that's had illegal cable. I'm or a brown. Box. You're not allowed to go to other friends' house. Yeah, but, but what do you, I mean, yeah, but brown people, I would assume, know how to steal cable. Brown conservative household. All right. There was this thing called the scrambler box, okay? And back then, when they, you would have channels, if you had cable, if you were fortunate enough to have cable, after you go through channel one through 12 or so, you get into the. T- the 13s to the 20s to the 25s and 30s. Now, all these channels are cable channels. Now, you get to like maybe somewhere around, I think it was like in the 50s or whatever. Anyways, you get to like MTV, VH1, whatever. After that, you keep going to like the the higher numbers you go. And all of a sudden, things like HBO, Disney Channel, uh, Cinemax, Showtime, the Playboy Channel, all that stuff was scrambled. So what it was is it was like the picture was all distorted and you couldn't see anything. And every once in a while, it would straighten out for a couple seconds and then you could it would go away again. But then they sold these boxes that would unscramble the scrambled channels. And it was like basically illegal, you know, like how we get like nowadays you go to download sites and you can download every tv show that there is this was sort of like the early versions of that where you could unscramble paid channels so if you were lucky enough and you had this then you could watch it for free so my i was we were really young so nine like i said i was sleeping over a friend's house and his parents were in the other room and they had the scrambler box in their room. But I think what they didn't realize is that when they unscrambled something, the cable was hooked up like through one cable line kind of thing. So whatever they had going on on the TV in there showed up in the TV in the <gasps> thing and they didn't know that. So all of a sudden we're flipping through and there's this unscrambled porn channel and 
we, we were supposed to be watching something else. I think we were watching Kid and Play's uh, house party or whatever. That's a <laughs> and, different kind of house party. Yeah, yeah. And the next thing you know, there's this like uh, Skinamax thing going on. And we're like, holy shit. And so we flipped. We had, you know, the little last channel jump button. So you go from one channel to the other. And then you sit there with a the remote. And if you hear a noise, you just go and jump back to the previous channel you're watching and pretend and his parents came out the room at one point in time was like what are you guys uh you guys still up go to sleep or whatever and i think it was because they might have heard i know we had the no we have we probably put the volume down we didn't have the volume up but (laughs) the sausage (laughs) but that was that was the first time i remember seeing something that uh was completely like x-rated and you know i was only nine and and it's all downhill after that i guess well now that I think about it, when before we moved to South Central, we lived in Mid City and we lived in like this duplex. And there was a sociopath that lived in the duplex right across from us, and his name was Gary. Gary probably is a serial killer now. But he did have like he had a crossbow and he would point it at us. Um, anyway, Gary, you probably are a serial killer. So we're he, this is an interesting episode. He coming. showed us my brother and I, my brother is two years younger than I, and we, I would have been at the oldest, like seven years old when he showed us a magazine and it was like Playboy or something. And that was the first like racy image I saw. But, um, other than that, it was, um, 16 yeah. years old. But back in those days, it was, especially for boys, it was like really, you know, whatever you just had to figure it out however you could usually it would be stumbling across a video or a magazine um you know but how do you stumble across you think like the dads of all these people like casually leave their magazine so that their sons can explore not necessarily casually some people are just like they they don't know i mean in certain cases like i know um Back then, you would record over movies, so that's what I like. I found a tape when I was living in with. I had my my uncles and stuff living in my house for a while, and they had like tapes that were, you know, they recorded over, and it was labeled as something else. But then I one day I was like looking for a blank tape, and I put something in, and it wasn't what was labeled. It was completely labeled something. I mean, it was completely something else on there. Um, a real funny story, real quick. I could tell you that happened in high school. Um, we had to do the science fair or whatever it was and uh anatomy biology no it was like a productive system no it was a no 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 it was like a science fair you know whatever the whole every everybody in this the the certain grade had to do their little experiment project or whatever a friend of mine had i don't even remember what his project was about but he did that where he took a tape which he thought was just something he was recording over and he recorded it was vhs tape so he recorded his presentation and was you know brought into school oh no and you know back then you'd have the poster board and you have to set up your little display well he got permission to use the vhs tape now while he was there in class he would play the tape. When it got to the end, he would rewind it, start it over again because it was like people were coming out uh, through the the whole day. It mm-hmm. was like they set it up in like, I don't know, like the cafeteria or something. And so other classrooms of people would be there. So when it, if it was your period and you were there, you're at your, you know, presenting your thing. But when that period was over, you were somewhere else. So anyways, when he wasn't there, the tape just continued to play and it ended up cutting off. And then a couple minutes later, came back on, 
and it was like some old school porn that <gasps> his dad probably had on tape. And the science teacher was like, they they didn't know. All of a sudden, there was like a group of people that were all over at this one particular oh um, uh, display. And the teachers come over to find that... <laughs> This thing was playing porn. Oh, and, yeah. And, That's and a so, different kind of volcanic eruption. So uh, when we got to the period, you know, let's say it was third or fourth period, whatever, we were later on in the day. So we got there to class, and the teacher's like, so I, it wasn't even my presentation, but I was really good friends with him. So obviously, she's like, we got to have a little talk about your presentation. Uh, that video you have is pretty interesting. Uh, have you seen the tape all the way through? And then we're like, what? What are you talking about? And then I think it dawned on my friend that maybe he there was something else on the tape. Whatever. The teacher straight up told us, you got some fucking porn on that tape, basically. And we laughed and we we're like, holy shit, that's crazy. And then obviously we wanted to see the damn tape, but, you know, they had like, I think they... I forgot. Oh my god, did the dad had to go pick it up? I don't remember. I don't remember. I'd have to talk to my buddy. This is so long ago. This is like seventh or eighth grade. Or <laughs> I imagine you calling your buddy and be like, hey, let's talk about science for porn. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. Oh my god, call him right now. <laughs> I don't have his number anymore. <laughs> Nobody has numbers nowadays. Um, but but yeah, that was that was a little funny, a uh, little incident. So this is a great podcast where we're just talking about racy shit and porn. <laughs> Are you getting a bonus? <laughs> no. <laughs> So gross. Um, but yeah, that's that was a very funny time. And uh, man, those old days, it was like different back then. Like, now it's so instant. You could just put your phone and just look up anything. And yeah, right and I there. totally do. But back in the day, like I, I do remember I was a little bit more, I don't know, I want to say leaning towards very masculine when I was, uh, when I was a kid. A tomboy? No. No. Um, but I remember, no, I remember, um, being on AOL chat rooms. That would be like, uh, ASL. No, you want to tell my story? (laughs) What was it then? ASL age, sex, location. Remember that? No. Um, picks for text. Oh, right. I remember that. And I used to pretend I was a dude and get pics. And I'd have like storage of them because pics didn't turn me on, but the text did, the stories did. And so I'd be like, yeah, I'll trade you a pic for a text. Give it to me. Yeah. I was just about to say, cause I, I don't remember. I said, I remember, but I remember pick for pick. I don't remember pick for text. It's uh, a very uh, niche. Yeah. Uh, like, so what are <laughs> you, you're, you're getting a text message out of it or I mean an instant message out of it and you're sending somebody a picture. No, long stories, like like erotic stories. Yeah, I never was really into it's that. It's more of a women thing, I hear. Of course, yeah. That's why nobody reads the articles in Playboy. Except for the women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Anyway, so jizz everywhere is what we're saying. And out of the jizz rises Ichi. Oh, we're back to the movie again. <laughs> right, yeah. Out of and that's the how the jizz, movie starts. Come Everywhere, mm-hmm. yeah, like a lot of so it. You already it was know very viscous. That it, yeah, you already know which. That's what I mean. It's Japanese people, so they, somebody must have jerked off fresh right into that. Yeah, it had to be. It, it might have it, even it been even looked, multiple people. It even looked like just looking at it. It looked warm. Yeah, you know they're under the whole bukkake thing, so maybe that was like ten people that. What's bukkake? 
that's where like they get as many guys as they possibly can to jizz all over the girl. Have you ever participated possible. in one? No, no. Would that then mean that like you think the guys would help each other out, kind of like they don't usually help each other out. Like, but usually, me, there's a yeah, they don't usually help. help each other out. But usually, it's like a contest to to get the most amount of jizz all How over. How do the place. you so? Men's reproductive organs are obviously a lot different than women's, but we have like a set amount of eggs, for example, and men can produce almost infinite amount of semen. So in order to win the Bukaki Fest, like, would you then have to not come for a while first and build it up? Like, because I don't think there's, there's a no, reservoir. There's no winning, though. It's not about like you producing the most it's about having 50 guys and now you got 50 gallons to come because it's like but not every guy produces you know, yeah, a gallon I mean, that's, i'm exaggerating obviously but the point i'm trying to make is be that exact we're talking science fair the point i'm trying to make is that they just like the excessiveness of it i guess they just to cover somebody and whatever so they just get as many guys and each person dumps once and you know it all adds up i guess I don't know. Not my thing. I'm not into that, you know? It doesn't sound good. But the Japanese people love this kind of stuff for some reason. I saw the funniest I don't think it's just Japanese because, like, if you go on, like, sites that I do frequent, it's an option. It's a category. No, that's true. It's not. But the Japanese people have the fact that they have this very, like, oh, we have to censor this part, but we're totally okay if you do it as a tentacle. Or we have to censor it, but get 50 guys to come on one well, girl. And that's totally cool, you know? That, and let's tie them upside down and hang them from ropes and so shit like that. That's not that different than what I do with my children. Not the porn part. <laughs> <laughs> the hanging them from ropes part? Check this out. I don't like my kids to watch any movies that have like sex in them. You know what I mean? Like parents do. Like, like, you know, like a movie that, you know, there's going to have a sex scene. I don't let my children watch it. However, they can watch people getting killed all the time. It's like a balance. Like, it's like, you know, you're going to have to go with one set of evils. Like, which one are you going to take and choose? This is the funny thing about America and our culture here is that we are okay with violence. Not okay with sexual expression. Not okay expression. with sexual expression. However, you go to Europe, um, it's the opposite. They do not like to show violence and and, and uh, all that, but they are okay with having uh, very open sexual uh, stuff. Right. So – here in my home, um, I allow my children to, you know, express themselves however they want to express themselves. And we have conversations about sex and, 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 you know, whatever needs they may have as, as, as growing young adults. Um, but they are very much very overexposed to violence in movies that we watch because I mean, aside from, like I I said it last time I was going to, I was trying to watch Torso but it opens with an orgy and I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this later versus if I would have um, put on any other movie that starts with slaughter, then I would have probably been fine. Like 300, I would have watched it with them. With I've watched it with them. Yeah. Well, again, with some people, it's, you know, the violence aspect is. I think it's just because. because accepted. Well, so because I come from um, a family where we never talked about it. So I think. In that space, I'm like that might be the only space where I'm super conservative. It's like yeah. to hold on to, and especially since I'm a survivor of sexual abuse, maybe it's just me wanting to shield them from yeah, sure. from sexual exposure. Well, even in Europe, I think that it's still probably 
when it comes to families. I don't think that there's a, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't think that there's many You don't think everybody's just sitting around watching porn together? Well, not just porn, but I'm saying, like, if they put on a thing and there's a sex scene in a movie and you're watching it. I think everybody forwards it. Yeah, if you're watching it with your family. Like, even when you're, like, at our age, if we're watching a movie with, like, our parents and there's a crazy sex scene, it's going to be slightly awkward, I would assume. The only movie I ever watched with my mother is Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, what I'm saying. Literally, yeah. it's the only movie we watched together. That and Milo and Otis. Yeah. So it's just, you know, families and parents and children, you're always going to have that. Um, you yeah. Know, you're not gonna you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. Okay. So moving on. Yeah. Let me figure out where we were. <laughs> I don't have any idea where we are. I just know, again, there's... We're talking about the opening scene. He he runs off, right? The guy yeah, doesn't so, find him. So Ichi runs off. And then we um we are introduced to three men in a van. And one is Gigi, one is Kano, and a third guy that I don't remember his name, but I'll remember it at some point. Um and what they are is they're the cleaners. They clean up after murders and they clean up the murder scenes um for the crime syndicates, for the Yakuza. Right. Now they're talking about Ichi, who is the killer. He's the one who is goes and 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 one of them is already like trying to shoot up. Another one is telling him not to, and another one is talking to his girlfriend or something like that. Um, and they finally go and 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 so Anjo, Anjo, Anjo is the is one of the bosses from one of the Yakuza gangs within the crime syndicate. Follow me? Yes. He's killed off screen. But when the cleaners go up there, once Ichi says, hey, done, um, they go up there and massacre. Like this one fucking guy, maybe his girlfriend, are are sitting are, are sitting there, are dead, like floor to ceiling blood, walls covered in entrails. And like to the point where the guy, one of the guys slips and falls on gross mm-hmm. yeah what was it like intestines or something yeah. Or yeah and then they're both sitting there and they're like yeah this guy's a maniac yeah but we got to do this and it's again taken from a very from the japanese anime comic book kind of strip that's i can see how you know that's their whole thing is to like show you know um excessive crazy shit in the mm-hmm. comic book so it's actually, you know, for them to recreate it in a movie form, it's really difficult, you know. Right, um, but I think they did well. I think they did because well. Because they, okay, it's going to sound stupid, but they made the gore and the violence so realistic, but not. Like, it wasn't like, um, what's something that we watched recently? It wasn't super, it wasn't campy. It wasn't like, funny like it's a there are some comedic elements to it of course but it wasn't like funny it was just over the top gross and what it left you was with was the grossest part of society you know what i mean the grossest part like as gross as things can get and it left you with that and you didn't walk away saying well that was stupid you walked away saying that was gross um but but you get grossed out because things seem okay when you get grossed out it's because things seem so real that you can imagine yourself in the position. That's when you get grossed out, especially in Ichi. 
But um, when you get grossed out in other ways, like the toxic Avenger grosses me out all the time because mm-hmm. gross, right? But it does. It's not realistic. Sure, I do feel like that this movie is definitely not for everybody. There's a lot of people that are not going to be able to stomach or swallow this movie, even if they like <laughs> um, some of the other, like people who might have been interested in Peeping Tom when we did that movie. They're not going to necessarily be the, into uh, this kind of movie. Yeah, if you watch Tenebrae, you probably want to skip Beachy. Like, if that's your fun movie. Well, Tenebrae was still, like, it had the sexual aspect. It had uh, a lot of nudity in it. And it had, uh, you know, like, the violence of it, sure. But they so, did show the, the arm chopping. You know, there was... There's a lot of rape in this movie. Yeah, well, that's another thing that seems to go there's very a, much with the Japanese culture. There's a flashback scene that happens throughout the movie. And it's... Um, it's a very important scene. It's Ichi having a flashback to his childhood when he was in school. And he witnessed a classmate of him of his who was very nice to him. He witnessed her rape. And not just a rape, her gang rape. Yeah. And, and I think this ties in with the ending somewhere. That's obviously the reveal. Yeah. So, but, okay, so during this gang rape, he is left out of the gang rape. Um, and he's observing and he doesn't know what to do. He seems paralyzed and fr- frozen, not unsure of how to help his friend. But um, also some of the boys come up that are gang raping this girl come up to him and and feel his dick that he's hard and they make fun of him. Yeah. So it's it's like they're not going to you can't make fun of the guy who's feeling the dick, but you're making fun of the guy who's got a hard dick. So I mean, kids I mean. are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, Gigi and his crew, uh, they clean up the place. And then later on, we see we're introduced to Kakihara. And Kakihara mm-hmm. is the character that's on the cover of um, of the movie. Yeah, he's and he's the, the one uh... who's actually the main character of the movie because we follow him around a lot more. And we know a little bit more about about who mm-hmm. he is now than we do Ichi. Yeah, he's um, got the nice little uh, Joker smile cut into yeah, he his does. face with some little piercings. He's got face full of piercings. Interestingly enough, in the man- manga, manga, um, he's like a, more of a middle-aged man. And in the movie, they chose to go with somebody who looks pretty good. Oh, middle-aged meaning Like an old balding old. man, like an accountant. Gotcha. Because gotcha. I feel, yeah. I mean, he's not super young. He's not but... super young, but he's a very attractive and, and he dresses pretty fly. He has a purple satin jacket, mm-hmm. like like overcoat, like to the floor overcoat, like a duster. Yeah. Um, he's very fashionable. He's very stylish. He has a flannel suit that I love. Yeah. Anyway, but he's very attractive. Yeah. And and so I was in, it was interesting that they... For the live action movie, they chose to go younger and more handsome. And I think that's because as a society in general, people tend to be more forgiving of people that are attractive. Um, For example, people are in love with Ted Bundy and he's so handsome, but not like not like John Wayne Gacy because he was yeah. fat well, and old and ugly. You know, that's one of the things about uh, uh, society and their view on beauty and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, if you saw somebody who looked like a bum and was gross and disgusting and dirty, you'd typically assume that maybe they're not, you know, 
they, you wouldn't necessarily believe them or you'd be like, oh, you're, you know, whatever. But a beautiful person comes along and tells you a story or a lie and you sort of don't, you know, you kind of believe them at first just because until, you know, maybe right. doing some more research. I don't know. It's strange. I guess maybe that's just one of those perks that come along with beauty. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, okay. So they end up going to his, um, the, 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 uh, so Kakihara and his gang are in this apartment where Enjo's supposed to be. And it is white. It is pristine. It is clean. Um, because Gigi and his crew did a good job. Mm-hmm. Now, the theory is that Angel ran away with $3 million and his girlfriend. And that's what everybody seems to be thinking. But Kakihara's like, no, he wouldn't just leave because he has this relationship with him. Like, no, he wouldn't just leave. He, something happened to him. Somebody kidnapped him. He is under the impression that somebody has kidnapped him. Sure. Um, yeah. I guess just go ahead and keep telling. I'm just going to react when I feel like it's appropriate. I don't know much what to say. Like, the things that stick out of this movie... I already mentioned, so... Well, so then we meet Karen, and Karen is um, the boss's girl, but she's a sex worker. And she's at this club, and we're introduced to her. We're also introduced a little bit more to Gigi and his crew, because Karen says that uh, Gigi and his crew, they're the outcasts that other Yakuza gangs did not want, but they do odds and ends. They do all of the, the arsons and the robberies and the rapes. Right. She has also... Um a good little American accent and speaks in English every once in a while. Yeah, so she's actually, I think, Chinese is what I read. Really? Yeah. So she's Chinese. I, I don't know Japanese, so I don't know what she, when she's transitions or if there's an accent. I don't know. No, but, but she just speaks clearly in English yeah, every she once does. in a while. And, and it's interesting. And for me, it was a little difficult because I um, I can't hear that well. So I have... Uh, I have to have the volume up really high and I have to have subtitles. But because the movie is in Japanese, I had to take the regular subtitles off so it wouldn't get double. So then when she switches over to English, there's nothing. And I'm like, ah, como? So, she didn't say anything that important anyway. So it's not but like she's kind of crazy because she's talking about how she killed her neighbor's dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's kind of nuts. So is she the girl from the beginning? No, right? No. The girl from the beginning is called Sailor. Not the girl in the beginning. I'm sorry. The girl in the flashback. That's the question. So we're going to skip over the plot because the plot is kind of nonsense. Um, It doesn't really take you anywhere. But here's what – here are the highlights. Gigi is trying to turn all the Yakuza gangs against each other. And he does that by um, trying to accuse Suzuki – a rival gang leader of Enjo's kidnapping. And when he points a finger at him, Kakihara comes back to him, or kidnaps him, uh, Suzuki, and hangs him by his skin off of hooks. Yes, very... And um, interrogates him. mm -hmm. And then on top of that, he he pours hot hot grease Yeah, because he was cooking like some... uh, uh, Shrimp shrimp tempura, yeah. yeah. He pours the hot grease from all over his back while he's being suspended, like completely flat, like a board in an air in the air, basically. Um, Yeah. Very intense, very gory, grotesque, brutal 
you know, shit. Yeah, it was. It's a pretty gross scene. But we find out that no, it wasn't Suzuki. Right. And it's the wrong guy. It's the wrong guy. Yeah. But nevertheless, he's sent to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, um, that is a reason why later on, Kakihara is like, uh, so the leader of all the Yakuza syndicate is this guy who's like seems sickly. He's very delicate and people have to watch over him because he's this little, small, little mink guy. Um, and he forces Kakihara to apologize to Suzuki. Right. But yeah. he wants to apologize to him and take, he wants him to apologize and give him some of the porn business that they stiffed Suzuki from in the first place. But um, Kakihara's apology is a grotesque right. scene. His it's idea gross. of an apology is basically... They're like, oh, one or two fingers is not going to do it this time. And he's like, yeah, that's all right. I'll just cut off my tongue. That's it. No problem. And then he cuts off his tongue. He does it with a sword. He takes like a knife or a sword. Yeah, he cuts off his, his tongue, tongue. Cuts it off. This scene is really funny because he then throws he it throws at the throws it and the guy, guy catches, catches it, it. But he gets a phone call and he's like, oh, 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 oh. and then he walks out. And then every, suddenly he leaves and everybody's like, holy shit, what happened? Yeah, and, and the guy's like, oh, like, my God, I'm still holding, I'm holding his tongue. tongue. And he flicks it in the air. It's just <laughs> yeah. funny. So it does have some um, comedic moments and I like it. Um, um, I was surprised that he could. So first of all, when you cut out your tongue, it's going to hinder your speech. But like he got it stitched up and he still had like half a tongue left. Uh-huh. But he was talking. I don't know. They didn't show like time lapse. It wasn't like, hey, three months later. Well, so he he kept saying, well, so when he got that phone call, that was actually Karen calling. Karen is mm-hmm. a prostitute from the club. And um, she takes him to this like other prostitute who apparently knows somebody who knows somebody. Of some more information about where Anjo probably is. What we don't know is that Karen is actually in cahoots with Gigi. And Gigi has been brainwashing Ichi to tell, um, so that he thinks that he witnessed that um, rape. And that, and then um, Karen gets flashbacks because it looks like Gigi's been brainwashing Karen for those same ones. Anyway, it's this whole convoluted mess. We can't really get it straight. I haven't been able to find the answer. I have theories, but they're just theories. Um, anyway, during this time, Ichi goes to the sex club gets a prostitute at the sex club yeah, there's these little probably. booths where you could just go in there and get a girl and you know yeah, it's japan that's what they do i didn't know that <laughs> what are those called Stefan? <laughs> how much are those uh, i don't know but they clean them in between sessions i don't know yeah who knows so um he he's he's getting a uh, he he wants a blowjob from her, but he won't get hard until he looks at all of her bruises. Sailor, it's the girl from the opening scene that was getting beat up by the pimp. Yeah, and he is looking at her bruises, and she's like super swollen. And let me tell you, I've had my face like that before. I at one point, and I can laugh at it now, thankfully, but I had two black eyes, and my face popped up like this, like. I, I feel like my eyes were like this big and um, I looked like E.T. And and that's from, you know, I, I was in a very violent and uh, violent relationship. And so my eyes like were like and, and so you can hardly see because I mean, yeah, I have like course. squinty it's... eyes anyway, but like you can hardly see. And so when I saw this scene, it very much uh, it, it like triggered something in me because I just felt so bad for Sailor because you know, you, you can see the pain and it looked so real. It looked like the bruising on her face looked so real, looked so fresh. It looked yeah. painful. 
uh, which is what, <laughs> which is what the point was. Um, but, um, Ichi, it tells her he'll kill him for her. And that's when he finally is like, I'm going to blow my load and, you know, finally, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does. What he does later is he goes and sees that she's getting beat up again. Uh, this time she's being a little bit mouthy to her pimp. And he's like, this is all the money you got. You can still suck dick. You can fuck whatever. And she said, I can't do that because people yeah, don't want to see my face. To fuck me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. And then he starts raping her. Then Ichi comes in. Yeah, this, he this is where he. In. This is where he uses his cool ass uh, blades. Boots. His boots, B- boots have, have a blade, <laughs> and then the blade is like imagine like the bottom of the ice skates, but like on the back. Mm-hmm. And so what he does is he does a kick yep. and slices him down like yes, like very, down in half, very mortal, like combat, vertically in half, like very like fatality, flawless victory, yeah. like. Right down the middle, and yeah, it was that was actually pretty cool. It was a cool scene. It was gross as all hell, and then so he has saved Sailor, right? So she is like, "Oh she, my god, you killed him!" And she's like panicked, and so he tells her very lovingly, "I've killed him for you. Now I will beat you up." Yeah, I'll beat you up now. Exactly. And so, she's so- like, I'll, "You'll beat me up," and she starts attacking him, and of course he like slices her neck open, and she starts. Playing, spraying yeah. blood everywhere. Now, I, so he is not only a crazy killer, knows you know some good martial arts and all that, but so and and has ha, you know he's like he, berserker, he, right? He gets turned on by violence rape and violence and brutality and stuff. Even though he's such a calm, quiet kind of guy, yeah. Because we see those are the ones you got to watch out for. Where Gigi is talking to him and he's just sitting there, um, they on, playing video and, games, and, and he's playing video games and he's playing on the PS2 tech and tag tournament yeah, and and he's right. just, and that's all he's playing and he's being very gentle and partially why Gigi is getting a little bit more harsh with Ichi throughout the movie is because Ichi's saying, I don't want to kill anymore. I'm mm-hmm. not a killer. But that only starts after he has, uh, interacted with Karen who pretended to be who like for some reason pretended to be the girl from the past that's because what was we don't know me. if she's if she was if that was actually her and it was a real story and Gigi exploited that or if he planted it in both their minds, mm. you know, because it could happen either way, I'm guessing. Um, but if he planted it in both their minds, whatever the reason, Karen and Ichi meet up and she kind of feeds him into like feeds into the story of, yes, you know, you, you know, you watch, but I really want you to rape me, too. And and he's like, oh. You want me to hurt you. And then she's like realizes that something went wrong. And he's like, you don't want me to hurt you. So you want me to hurt you. And he like in his mind made this make sense to him. And yeah. so he kills her. Right. And then from then on out, he's like, like had an epiphany and he's just mellow and he's calm. And So we have these two crazy characters in this movie. Ichi and Kakihara both have like very weird sexual needs they you know one likes to feel the pain the other one likes to see the pain yeah 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 and inflict inflict yeah well so 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 they're perfect for each other now aren't they right so throughout the movie kakihara finds out about ichi and he's excited to meet ichi because he's like finally somebody can hurt me the way that i want to in one scene um he and karen 
hook up because he likes that she also tortured her boss. Like he was torturing her boss trying to get information and she joined in. So then they ended up hooking up. Mm-hmm. But they ended up hooking up because um, in a way that Kakihara was chained up and Karen was supposed to inflict pain. And he she was, was trying her best. And she though. was punching him. She was doing like a lot, whatever she could. And he was so disappointed. Yeah. He, he was, was so, so sad. Like, <laughs> yeah, he just walked away. And she's like, I'll do better. But <laughs> yeah. he wanted, she some, was he wanted really somebody upset to. too, though. She was like, I'm trying so hard. Like, what more do I have to do? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So he wants to basically find Ichi now because he knows that he could probably inflict the pain that he needs. Um, right. For him, which right. is, you know, again, like this is all subject matter that's very weird and outlandish. And and we're missing, like we're skipping over a whole bunch of things. Like there's a guy that's that got too high and suddenly found himself in a TV. There was, you know, you know, the um, all, like all these things like in, in between like that are just little like funny things. But they lead you from A to B. Like story isn't great, but mm-hmm. it does have moments that leads you A to B to C to D. Um, now, Ichi can inflict the pain that Kakihara wants. So Kakihara must find Ichi, not only to avenge Anjo, but because he wants this pain. Mm -hmm. So he enlists the help of two detectives. They're twins. They're detectives, but they torture. They torture the girlfriend of one of Gigi's guys. And they do that. They, They kidnap the girl. And they torture her. They like slice her nipples off and everything. Oh right, yeah, that scene. That scene is oh my that nipples. That scene, yeah. That, that 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 scene is fucked up. I think they like she won't give his name up. Like she won't give his name up. She did really well under the torture, but then they clamped her nipples, pulled yeah, it, and then dragged a like, sword across the table. Uh-huh. And and she did not give up the information. And that was one of the twins torturing. The second one goes, okay, my turn. Puts on these dog ears. And sniffs her vagina and says, I can find him now. And tracks him down like a dog. <laughs> oh, I gotta love the imagination there. Tracks him down like a dog. Um, the guy <laughs> here uh, sees the silhouette of a guy. And so he ends up he ends up going to, um, like, escaping. And then he runs into Kakihara in the, in the alleyway. And he's like, this is for my girlfriend. And he tries. he starts attacking Kakihara. But he can't inflict the pain that Kakihara wants. But what does Kakihara do? He pulls out the earrings that are closing together his Joker smile. Mm-hmm. And when, when the guy goes to punch him one more time, he like it's... super opens his mouth and clamps his hand down. Yeah. Holy some, shit. Some crazy shit right there. Yeah, it's like he was like a snake can unhinge their jaw to wi- mm-hmm. open it wider. And so, yeah, now he's biting on this guy's fists. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So anyway, they take this guy in and whatever they you know, yeah. do their thing with him. Um, now, throughout the um, throughout the movie, there's this guy named... Do you remember his name? Which guy are we talking about? The bodyguard. Mm, no. So there's a bodyguard that was supposed to be guarding Anjo. And the beginning of the movie, he is concerned and he's like asking, should I just go with Anjo? Should I go? And they're like, he's getting his dick wet. Leave him alone. But he ends up getting kidnapped or getting killed, right? So he should have been watching him, but he wants to avenge him. He also has a son and, you know, there's this whole, his son. Oh, right. The guy with his son and the son 
Right. And the son is actually helped by Ichi because the son is getting bullied, but Ichi mm -hmm. takes care of the bullies. Yeah, right. Um, right. But this guy is also trying to avenge on Anjo, and he's even told his son, I'm doing this. You, if something happens to me, go live with your mother or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is like, uh, why do you have a kid anyway? Like, (laughs) this guy, it turns out that he was on the police force, but he got let go because he lost his gun. Yeah, that's right. He was a cop, but he lost his gun. And throughout this whole movie, there was only one gunshot um, and it didn't kill somebody. Like, everybody was killed in grotesque ways, not Mm -hmm. gun battles or whatever. Right. Um, So, but it was just, it's just so crazy. Like, he sniffs them out whenever. Um, that bodyguard that so when he's sniffing out, um, that guy, the bodyguard is supposed to be watching the girl that they tortured. And he is so upset that he can't go and help that he, and he is the one who ends up killing the girl. Right. Do you remember? Like kind he, of like, vaguely now they, they tortured her, but he ended up killing her. Gotcha. Um, so then. There's just so many point, points of this movie. Like, we're never going to be able to cover it all. But we can get to this part. Okay, what part? Ichi gets to the building where all the Yakuza go. Apparently, all the Yakuza hang out in this one building, and each gang has, like, a different floor. Okay. And Gigi has been hiding there because he's been waiting for Ichi to come around and be like, oh, okay, I'll kill again. Because at this point, Ichi was like, no. So, uh, Gigi's been hiding there. Um Kakihara's gang wants Gigi because they're like, he knows something. He knows something. Um, and they find him. And the, the bodyguard... The bodyguard? No, the bodyguard... The second bodyguard, not the first one. The, the one that's angry all the time. The one that talks like this. Gotcha. Who says, Kakihara! Yeah, that yeah. Uh, I love his voice. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. Um, he goes and he chases Gigi downstairs and then he's like, I'm going to kick your ass. And Gigi's like this big, but the guy's this big. Yeah, he's pretty tall. He's kind of he's like a big tall stature. Man. Yeah. But uh, that's when Gigi takes off his jumper and he's like this big, swole fucking guy. Kind of remind me of Big Trouble in Little China and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and he puffs up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and he gets his ass, like every bone in his body is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, at one point, everybody finds everybody. Ichi ends up on the roof with Kakihara and the bodyguard and the bodyguard's son. And nobody knows what happened in the end. Nobody fucking knows. Because there is a scene where Kakihara, uh, where... When you say nobody knows... Nobody fucking you mean knows like because the there's people, so many or theories. people in the movie? The people yeah. in the movie. I mean, people In watching the life. movie, yeah. yeah, because nobody knows what actually happened. Because we see, we see um, the bodyguard and uh, Ichi, who have this relationship because they ran into each other some time ago. Um, but Gigi had planted in his mind that this bodyguard guy is his long lost brother. Okay. Right? But he makes him kill him. You know, so he's conflicted. And the little boy's there, and he chops his head off. And then he chops whose head off? The little boy's head off. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, and then the um, and then Kakihara can't get killed by Ichi because uh, he's being such a bitch because he's crying over everybody who's dead. But then also he goes off the roof and is dying. Like it's like which part is real? When does reality end? Which part is a hallucination? So 
watch the movie, watch the ending. Tell me what your thoughts are on yeah. that. Because this movie kind of left me like super confused. And it depends on which version you watch. So that's also equally as What do you mean which version? Well, there's a ver- there's a regular version and there's an uncut version. Oh, okay. I, I don't, don't know, know which I don't one, know we what one we watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we saw some pretty uncut shit. So, I mean, if it's more gr- gruesome than that can't even imagine this movie wasn't really that disturbing it was it just had really shocking like imagery yeah um but it wasn't so like it's it's a lot of it is their own japanese culture so again like to them it's not even really disturbing at all it's a lot of stuff that's maybe somewhat slightly taboo i would think but but they embrace it in their culture a lot and but you know, there uh, other movies we've watched are just very disturbing. Like it's so like demented and crazy. It's like, I think some of the most disturbing parts of this movie were the beating of the girls and the mount. You know, the the brutal yeah, face the, bashing the, and all that um, kind of stuff. You know, the uh, the um, the abuse of the sex worker yeah. and the torture of the girlfriend. Yeah, like those two were very hard scenes. Right. The um, um the yakuza the, the Suzuki guy yeah. is very brutal, but it's not. And, and he's even innocent, so it sucks for him. But and it's very painful to, I would say. But th- it's not as brutal as watching those poor little innocent girls get like beat the shit out of, you know, and yeah. raped. I mean, that's just fucked up. Um, but yeah, 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 for sure. I do like his weapons though. Like he has like this body suit. He's like in a motorcycle racing suit. Yeah, he is wearing a that back protector thing that has the number one on. Yeah, that like is like side um, leathers. Hit us yeah. up if you're into motorcycle racing and need a set of leathers. Yeah, it's, um. it's uh, <laughs> some people call it a gator back. Some people just call it a back protector. Um, but yeah, that little pad with the one on it—that's definitely from motorcycle racing gear. Um, that's funny. Yeah, but it so. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I, there are parts I did of it too. like super like trigger warning. Like there's sure. rape, there's beatings, there's Come. a lot of really <laughs> fucked up shit happening. But then there's also like good horror, like like good nasty, like cutting off of tongues and you know just yeah, I, you know again like like this people one. getting slit in half. Like that's the good part of it. Um, the storyline, like I said, it's a little bit confusing. Um, that said, it has been a couple of days since I watched it, so I can just be, mm-hmm. you know, forgetting some of it. Um, but I, it, it's it's good overall. If I you're enjoyed into this it and I of- liked it again, but I also didn't really like the impact on it this time didn't land as it did the first time. Um, but it also, to me, like like I think Old Boy, for example, is a movie that really yeah. you can watch a bunch of so, times and it's still actually old. I, I refuse to watch the remake. Oh, I, I did by accident, not by accident. I I didn't want to, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll do it. And well, uh, <laughs> so Old Boy, like we have to do an episode on Old Boy. Yeah, the movie the remake was the is shit. Not that great. Like the movie was the shit. Like it was like the first time you watch it, you're like. I am both mortified, grossed out, yeah. excited, like all these things at the same time. Yeah. The remake, was that Spike Lee or somebody who did the remake? I forgot who did the remake, but I don't know. Uh, I think Josh Brolin is in it or whatever. Really? Yeah. He's the guy who plays Old Boy. No. Yeah. The one thing I didn't uh. like, the one thing I didn't like about it, they changed a few elements um, in the English version. From, from the twist ending surprise factor. Well, don't tell me right now. I'm not. But um, but the one thing they did keep, which I don't know if I really liked it, was the cool scene where he does the fighting in Old Boy mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, like mm-hmm. in the corridor hallway or whatever it is. Like they recreated that scene 
in the other one, but mm. it was almost like shot for shot. And mm. I just, I don't know. They twisted mm. some elements, kept others. I didn't really like the remake. I don't want to watch it. But what I'm brought, why I brought that up is because I think that that movie, um, Audition also I've seen a couple times, and that one I still think is pretty um, uh, cool. And I don't know, Martyrs to me is still one of my favorite. <laughs> Martyrs um, is the shit. Insane, it's really good. crazy demand. And that's a French movie. But I just like the shock value and the whole story and everything. That one I feel like has a little bit of a trifecta going on mm-hmm. because you've got the, uh, the the paranormal element. You've got a, you know, torture horror element. And then yeah. there's like the twist psychological. ending. Yeah, psychological twist ending element. Um, I, I, I know you won't let me watch the Serbian film. Not that you control what I do, but like. You I'm won't, warning you. You won't watch it with I'm me. I'm warning you. <laughs> And everyone out there in the world, do not watch it. If you're going to watch it now because I told you not to, that's on you. It's unfortunately, you know, I don't know. It's supposed to be a really, it's really put together, fucked up movie. Yes, it's really fucked up. It's like, put together in a way, that- though, where it's not like some like really campy movie. It's actually shot well. The cinematography, the uh, colors, the pictures, everything is like done very, very decently to the point where you're like, oh so, my gosh. So here's the shocking mo- part of that movie that is why I'm not watching it. And it's. Were you uh, going to just spoil it for everybody? Because some people might watch it. If somebody's going to watch this movie and get mad that I spoiled this part of it, they deserve to have it spoiled. Well, what part are you haven't seen it? So what part are you going to spoil? The part that I know about it is that there's like a baby rape scene. Yeah. Yeah. And that's disgusting. And that's why I don't want to watch it. I do want to watch it for the rest of the movie. I just don't want to watch that. Like the ABCs of of death, I got up to a certain letter and then I couldn't start. I couldn't watch it. Like after a certain letter, like I was like, I I can't do this. Like anything involving children really does it for me. Ever since I saw that one movie, uh, that one movie that uh, you found for me that I told you that I, I never want to watch again. And it's just... Oh, a, that Korean movie. The that, Korean movie. Yeah, about yeah. the uh, school. Who, yeah, who the did, school for the deaf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, all, all, like a lot of these movies that I just won't watch. But then there's some movies that I do want to watch, like Silo. Um, Speaking of that, it's not Silo, Salo. Salo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that director just, um, uh, I think maybe it was like, uh, he was murdered way back after that movie came out. And I heard a lot of different things. Was it because of the movie? Some people say yes. Some people say there was also political shit going on as well. Um, He might have been outspoken against some political parties or whatever. Mm. Maybe that had something to do with it. But that director, Paolo... I forgot his name. Paolo... I forgot. I'm going to murder his name The director of Salo? It... it, um, there was like something that was posted recently that I saw. Uh, it probably was maybe the anniversary of his death or maybe when whatever. Apparently he was a very good uh, writer and poet and had other stuff that was um, of, I don't know. I don't know too much about him, but I guess he has a, something else in his career that he did, which was very respectable. Um, 
Well, we all have some parts in us that are a little bit darker than others. Yeah. Well, if you watch the movie once, I mean, you can still say that there's probably, I mean, for some people, it's just gross and disgusting. But there's a reason why people make these movies, because it's not so much that they're, they're trying to translate a message. They're trying to talk about a time period or people or or right. uh, culture or things right. that were going on. Yeah, absolutely. And like a, a Serbian film, for example, that movie was supposed, like my understanding is, that the movie is supposed to be a commentary on the situation of that time. Yeah, yeah. You know, like in the, the, the in, in t- intense poverty and mm. corruption yeah. that was happening at that time. It's funny that you mentioned that film because we were talking about awkwardness and char- pil- uh, children and parents mm-hmm. not watching, like, whatever. <laughs> in Serbian film, the main guy, he's basically a, a, a retired porn star. And the opening scene... Uh, or somewhere in the beginning of the movie, he's like, he they wait him and the the mom wake up to find the son watching the father's porn movies. Like he's watching his dad's movies in the living room, and it's like, what? Like if my kids watch porn, that'd be fine. But I like it's a different story if it's like your own porn. <laughs> that's just I know, weird. Right? <laughs> and he's banging, he's banging somebody else. It's not the mom, obviously, you know, in the movie. I think that's better. <laughs> have you ever uh, like walked in on your parents have sex? My parents have no pub PDA. They don't do any. <laughs> your parents of that have kind of sex stuff. at least four times. <laughs> yeah, probably only four times. But <laughs> I've never seen them do anything. My parents are not affectionate. Or they're still together, so. You know, some might argue well, that divorces uh, rates are high and people don't last that long. But, you know, through the thick and thin, my parents are still together after 40 some years. But um, but yeah, they don't show any together. Actually, my mom's like on her third yeah. marriage at the time at the moment. Um, but I never even see my mom and dad really hold hands. I, I neither have I. Neither have I. Um, my, I remember we went camping once and my friend Tamika said, because we took my friend Tamika with us, she was like, your, your mom and dad were kissing back there. And I'm like, I don't believe you. I didn't see it, but I experienced it secondhand. But like, I, I've never seen it. Like, like my mom sent me away to this like school sponsored military boot camp kind of thing for a week. Right. <laughs> and, um, in San Luis Obispo at like the whatever military base or whatever. And when I came back, everybody's parents, they were hugging them and they were loving them. And my mom pats me on my back and goes, so you're back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I got. Like, it's just yeah. not, I guess. Well, you know, that's also something that is like, like if you've seen like that they, 70s it, show, the typical white America father figures were also like that, too. They didn't want to hug their sons or whatever, you know, like the red. What's the name? Red, red for me. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Um, there's definitely like a fuck ton of PTSD in my family. Like they escaped a slaughter of the civil war in El Salvador in the eighties. And like I told you before, my mom like had, has shrapnel scars on her body. Um, there's a fuck ton of PTSD. So last thing you want to do is really just make yourself feel vulnerable. Um, I think that's why I've had such a, like I, you know how Facebook does these uh, memories, memories, whatever. Yeah. I read one the other day and I didn't want to share it with you, but it was like, Twice today, I've been told that I am a cold bitch. <laughs> but it's because when you're traumatized or you're hurt so much or or you're, you know, you're, you're, you're attacked or you're victimized or whatever it is, you build this 
tough exterior so that's seemingly impenetrable and and you know you joked about it earlier today when I was crying over the great British baking show and you're like you know what happened to you you're supposed to repress your feelings and that's what I used to do all the time (laughs) but now it's like now that I've allowed myself to feel feelings like my sister said to me like maybe five years ago she's like you're a girl now because you know I I felt feelings yeah (laughs) but like after you go through so much you 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 build this exterior and it it's a fuck ton of work to take it to to take it down and like i it took me a long time to realize that my life with my parents was hard as shit but they did what they could sure and i don't have to stay angry at that sure cool you know you can only you can only you can only show love if you know how to do it mm-hmm. you can't do it just out of fucking nowhere and be like hey love you pal yeah. like the only reason i made like affection to my children is because Aside from my mother, we've had people growing up and I've been able to experience love from, you know, the people she worked with. Like she, my mom was a nanny our whole life and she was able to um, take us and we became families with the families she worked for. And like I said, I, I celebrated like so many Hanukkahs because of these families and I saw what love looked like. And that's why I'm able to give that to my children, I think. All right. Great. Cool. We've and on gone that note. <laughs> so off topic all over the place here. This Porn has been a very interesting, yeah, this is an interesting, interesting podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, so this the point mo- is I don't know what happened with Ichi. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this movie, If I would say it's, I liked it. Definitely not for everybody. Definitely one that, you know, I think, you know, if people aren't really ready for this kind of intensity if this is their first step into that you know it's going to be a little tough uh but you know it's it's movie it's art you know you got to look beyond it you have to look into the writer and the director's vision of it what were they trying to say is there an underlining message is there anything in it? you know sometimes you don't find any of that but it's still um you know it can be fun. And that's what I think uh, for me, when I first watched it, it was shock value. Then, you know, next time I watched it now, I still enjoyed it, but, you know, it didn't really have the same impact this time around right. for me. So I was reading um, a review that, and I don't, I wish I could give credit to the person who wrote this, but I'll read it. Ichi the Killer is about the disappointment and potentially seductive power of violence and the nightmare of being simultaneously drawn in and alienated by images of men hurting women as a means of indirectly hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. And it is actually really interesting that um, this movie, we, we're doing it today because today also AOC gave such a powerful speech today about um women being punching bags all the Who? time aoc who the fuck is AOC? congresswoman oh okay you know because some another That's, representative that... called her a fucking bitch <laughs> and she had to address that and she's like look i'm not hurt by it but i have to say something because of his half-assed fucking apology he was like i didn't i couldn't say that i have daughters i have a wife yeah. and she did something so great she said just because you have a daughter doesn't mean that you're not an asshole. Now she didn't use Heidi words. Like just because you have a wife does not mean you're an asshole. Does it not mean that you're not an asshole? And I am so glad somebody finally said that because people always fucking say, "Why would I?" Like when um, what's that guy? That Supreme Court judge that was appointed, that was accused of rape. Uh, 
This anyway, uh, he, they were like uh, the one he, who lost his uh, the, the 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 calendar didn't have it on his calendar. Is that yeah. the one you're talking Kavanaugh. about? Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Kavanaugh, uh, he's like, why would I? Do? I have children. I have a wife. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you didn't fucking rape this girl when you were a kid, <laughs> yeah. you fucking prick. Right, right. Like, so anyway. Anyway. Um, I'm so glad she did that. Um, so that was our tie-in into politics today. Yeah. <laughs> on, on a quick side note, I just wanted to get this director's name right because, you know, I feel like... Silos? Silo. It's uh, S-A-L-O. Why do I keep saying silo? Silo. Silo is a thing that you find on a farm. With rice. Yeah. A silo. So anyways, the director's name is Pierre Paolo Pasolini. Pier Paolo Pasolini. Yeah. And he directed Salo. Yes. Which Among- is also called 100 Days in Gomorrah. No, 120 Days of Sodom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that movie. That's also another one that's really hard to watch. Uh, I don't know if that's going to ever be something we do on this podcast. It's not really a horror movie, so I don't think it really it's falls like, into it. There's like children rape, right? Yeah. First of all, I don't know. The movie was made so long ago. I don't even know if any of these children are really totally of age. So it's, I don't like to watch shit like that just because, you know, these young actors. Yeah, kind of like days, when like, we did The Fun House and that girl, you're like, I don't know if I should be yeah, looking at well, her boobs. <laughs> well, the, there we knew like she was over 18, but she had a very young looking face. Until she put on all that blue eye, eye uh, yeah. mascara. Her body wasn't totally young. Her body was totally over 18, but her face looked really young. But... Let's stop there. Yeah. Let's stop. <laughs> well, um, that was an episode of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. A very scattered Ichi the Killer uh, ice cream parlor. <laughs> very in line with the movie itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe this I, this one sort of came out of nowhere. I mean, I know we were we kind of like sometimes the movies we watched have little tie-ins with one another. This one just sort of, uh, I didn't even know what, what what prompted you to want to watch this one again. Because it seemed like we did Tenebrae and then we did like, um, what was the one before that one? The Baby or whatever. It, you know, it was like. I just wanted to do something different. Yeah. Well, this was definitely different. Yeah. And also, I really want to find Tokyo Gore Police. I think, I think I'm remembering that movie, right? It's the woman, she loses the, her bottom half, so her vagina is an alligator. I don't think I've ever seen it. Is it a horror movie or is it just a, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's probably ways you can find it. Just we're trying to do it the right way. I try to tell my TV, please find <laughs> Tokyo Gore Police. Yeah. I, mean, I, I have to do that accent in order for my TV to understand what, what I'm saying. That's what you think, but I don't think that's how it works. I have to tell my car the same thing. I go, mm. navigate to, and then wherever, and they're like, like okay, so navigate to Target, and they'll say, we do not find Jaspers anywhere. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, how do you want to end this? Accent. Are we are we in, are we done over here? Are we All chopping right. this one up? I, I just ran out of beer, so I want to go get another one. If you want to keep talking, we can. Otherwise, we can we can uh, wrap it up if you think we're we done. We can wrap it up. I think yeah. we're done. Um, thank you so much for stopping by again. We greatly appreciate your watches, your listens, your views, your downloads, everything. Um. Don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't done so already and give us a like. Mm-hmm. Leave some comments down below. Uh, tell us your thoughts on Ichi the Killer. What the fuck happened at the end? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Was it something that you enjoyed? Did you understand it? Um, are there others that are Where can I the... find Tokyo Gore Police? Yeah, that too, if you know the answer. Um, what was your first porn? 
<laughs> uh, Maybe email us that one. Don't yeah. put it in the comments. <laughs> you can email us at ice cream podcast. No ice cream parlor dot podcast at gmail.com or you can visit our site icecreampodcast.com where you can send us messages comments on episodes download episodes Mm -hmm. and figure out where you can watch or listen um thanks again for stopping by you guys are the best yeah um we'll see you next time and check out dti.band yeah check out the music if you and uh if it's not your cup of tea pass it along i'm sure you have a friend that likes that kind of music it's a lot of guttural screams yeah. and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all all right. right, that's all for us today. Signing off. Till next time. Okay, bye. See ya.